All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 95. We are getting closer to 100, which is really crazy and very exciting. Um, Some good stuff to talk about today. We've got a Cavs win streak back on our hands again, which is great to see. Uh, Gonna talk some Browns, obviously, but that's uh, not too exciting and just really has stayed the same over many weeks now other than the random Bengals game that we always play really well in. It has been a disappointing season and that will continue as we discuss the Bills game from this past week. Um, So I'm going to do some Cavs talk first. Then um, my Browns talk is going to be through the mailbag questions because I don't want to get too much into the Bills matchup because I feel like I'm just repeating myself from weeks past, Um, but answering some questions about the future and kind of where we go from here is going to be our Browns breakdown today. Um, Okay, so starting off with some Cavs. Like I said, three-game win streak, very exciting, and I'm mostly excited because I was right about Lamar Stevens, and I'm taking great pride in that. I feel like at first when I started saying, maybe they should try him in the starting lineup, I would kind of laugh when I said it because I, I felt like it seemed like a little bit of a stretch to make that happen and put Lamar Stevens in the starting lineup. Um, but honestly, it has worked for them so far. They've been 4-1, and one, I believe, now since he was starting for this team, or maybe 3-1, and one, somewhere around there. But they've been doing well in general as compared to the bad streak that they were on for a minute. And I think this is happening for a couple different reasons. And it's not because Lamar is some like incredible star player who's going to get you 25 points every game, and that's why you need to put him in. It's because of the balance that I think he brings to the starting lineup that we weren't finding with Karras out there. Um, I think Dean is still a fine fit in this starting group, uh, but I don't think we were getting this from Isaac either. I think Lamar has been a great fit because he will bring just this intense energy where he is playing scrappy basketball for however many minutes he is out there. If it's five minutes, he's playing scrappy basketball. If it's 10 minutes, he's doing it. 15, whatever it is, whatever he's asked to do, he's going out there and playing hard, playing really good defense, and a lot of times will be guarding the best player on the opposing team. And I think he has the size to do it, which is helpful and promising because I think we've struggled finding the right person to defend the other team's best player. And you need a guy a lot of times who's big enough to be able to do that. And I think he has done a good job of that. He's not afraid to get dirty a little, get some fouls and still play hard. And then on the offensive side, like you're not expecting that much out of them out of him, but it's it's not a problem because you don't want him taking shots away from Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. And it kind of felt like Sometimes when Karis was out on the court with both Donovan and Darius, you didn't love the shots that Karis was taking because you felt like there were two better options out there. So I think Karis's minutes can be of better use when maybe just one of Darius or Donovan is out on the court or neither of them, which obviously that doesn't happen a ton because you are, you know, wanting to play your two best shooters for a majority of the game, but I think more of Karras's minutes will be beneficial if he's not out there with both of them on the court. Um, And, you know, it takes some trial and error to figure these things out, and I feel like that's what the Cavs have been doing. That's what J.B. Biggerstaff has been figuring out, and I appreciate his willingness to adjust, see when something starts working, 
and move forward with it. And that's what he is so far doing with Lamar. Now, once Dean gets healthy, it'll be interesting to see if Dean goes right back into the starting lineup or if they continue to stick with Lamar. I don't know. They have plenty of time to test both of those things longer and see what happens. Uh, but I appreciate that, you know, they they gave it a try. Um, so it's been an interesting last couple of games. We had the Hornets game, which if you watch that game, the end was very frustrating. The end of regulation was very frustrating where we, we were up by 10 points with 52 seconds left and somehow ended up going into overtime. And I think it was some level of laziness at the end. Like you let them steal the inbound pass, get a quick three. Those things cause games to collapse if you're not completely locked in. And I think that is part of what was happening during the big losing streak was not everyone felt like they were they were locked in 100%. We're continuing to play really tough defense, which is what makes this team really good is when they are giving their full effort on defense. And you weren't seeing that for a while. And I think they learned a really important lesson that like it is not easy to win, even if you're really good and we were 8-1 and one or whatever it was at one point. Uh, you still have to give that big effort every single night because teams are going to take advantage of that and they're going to beat you. And we saw that how we got on a losing streak there. But I, I'm glad they learned the lesson. You usually have to learn it at some point in time. They're a young team. It's November, so it's not a big deal. Um, you don't want to learn that lesson in the playoffs, so I'll take it now. Um, and I, I appreciate that they've been able to bounce back from it. Um, so that, that Hornets game was a huge win. Even though it was a frustrating ending to regulation, we won in double overtime, which was very important um, just mentally for them to bounce back from it. And then you had the Heat game, which the Heat were super banged up. Like everyone was injured that game. Jimmy Butler, Udonis Haslam, Tyler Hero, like so many guys out. So that was one you definitely needed to win and they were able to take care of business, which was great to see. And then you had the Hawks game, which is a tougher matchup. That's a team that could be a playoff team, someone we have to face in a series. Uh, they gave us troubles last year, obviously, in the playing game. Trey Young has the ability to go off at any point in time, and our ability to play them really well down the stretch, I think, was huge because that's what we couldn't do in the playing game. Like we started really strong in the playing game. Same with this Hawks game. We started really strong. Then you could start to feel kind of the wheels come off. Things weren't working perfectly in both of the games. And the difference between the playing game and this game was in the playing game. All you had there at the end was DG trying to do something like he was just trying to win the game all on his own, which is really hard to do. And what you saw now was that we had so many different guys getting involved. And then you had two big playmakers in Darius and Donovan who could make things happen down the stretch. And they were able to really pull away and, and run away with the game, which was something we, like I said, we couldn't do before. Um, and that's, that goes back to why you, you take a guy like Donovan Mitchell in the first place. Like, I know some people are upset by the number of assets we gave up because Laurie Markkinen is having an all-time great season, and I'm very happy for him. Um, but at the end of the day, this is why you give those assets up to get a guy like Donovan Mitchell, because he will win you games. And we've seen time and time and again how how special and how talented he is. And I think it, it, it was just the right move at the end of the day. You can't 
you can't contend unless you have guys like that. So um, it, it feels good to see it working on the court. Um, but we do, of course, miss some of the depth that we had and and those guys that are in Utah now. Of course we miss that, but uh, it's a give and take, and that's what you got to give up to get the greatest um, in the league. So we have uh, some more away games coming up here for the Cavs, which should be interesting. I know we've got a Bucks matchup soon. We've got a Toronto matchup soon. I think both of those are going to be really important uh, for just seeing what we can do on the road. And I'm I'm excited to see how we match up once again against Toronto. I think they were our one early loss in the season, and that was the frustrating game. Darius's eye gets poked out. Um, it was a, a poorly refed game, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, so interested to see that matchup again. Um, but, you know, it's it's been good overall the last week. Seeing some of the bench players start to take off a little more has been good. Like, Jetty had two awesome games. He had 23 points against the Hawks and then 20 points and 12 rebounds against the Heat. Like, we need guys like that to step up. And Jetty is a very streaky player where he has games like that and then he has really bad games. But if we can get more games like this where he is on a run, some good Kevin Love games, maybe some good Karis LeVert games, it feels like he's been kind of on the lower end lately. Um, if Isaac can start just making minimal shots, which he's been doing a little bit better and he's been looking a little bit more confident on the court, I think that this team can really see things come together. Like we we need those bench players to play well. You're A lot of times you're going to get 25 plus from Darius and Donovan, no questions asked. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are going to have their you know star-studded nights where they're doing wonderful things under the basket. Um, but you really do need the the bench players to um, have an identity. And I think we see that in teams that are really good. Like even the Warriors over the years, I know they have their stars, but there's always a couple, one or two bench guys every season that in the playoffs or in the finals for those teams that they show up and show out and make a difference in the game and you wouldn't be able to do it without them. So I think it's it's really important to have those guys continue to build if we want a, a real shot at things. Um, but either way, very exciting. I'm happy to have some wins to talk about because talking about losing is just no fun in general. Okay, so on to the mailbag questions. I'll do the one um, Cavs mailbag question first before we get into Browns and everything else. So the one Cavs mailbag question was, are Jared Allen and Evan Mobley the best big men duo ever? This is hard for me to answer because obviously, you know, I'm 27 years old, so I've only watched so many different eras of basketball players um, in the NBA. So there's some that I didn't, you know, get to watch live that it that it's hard for me to judge. I also think big men have had a different role in the NBA over time. I think they've had like a resurgence in the last few years here, but there was an era where there wasn't as much a place for them. Um, and even just with the prominence of like three point shooting in the league, people started to question like, are, are big men relevant? Like, should you be going after them if you want to contend or should you just try to fill your team with as many shooters as possible? But then I think now teams like the Cavs have proven that there's other ways to win basketball games. And we have our great shooters and Darius and Donovan, but we have something so special that almost no one else has in Jarrett and Evan and what they're able to do. And it's really hard to defend both of those things at once. 
Uh, so I think I would definitely put them extremely high on the list because of the impact that they have in games. Um, like some of the eras I, I wasn't really, you know, alive watching for would be like Kareem and James Worthy. Like I know a lot of people have them very high on their list of big men duos, but it's hard for me to speak on the specifics from that. But from years I was alive watching, I would say like Tim Duncan and David Robinson, I think would be very high up there on the list as well. Um, and what they were able to do, it's something, there's something special about watching two seven footers out there. It is just, it's a wild thing. They move differently than everyone else. Evan, especially Evan Mobley is just, she, he's so, I know it like looks weird sometimes, but there's a gracefulness to what he's doing, even though he's so lanky and it, it looks crazy sometimes. But when you really think about the things that he is capable of doing, it's so so special. Sometimes I would say Jared, Jared Allen also looks a little bit awkward out there, but how do you not look awkward when you are seven feet tall? I just feel like that's a given. Um, but yeah, I, I would say those three pairs that I listed out are definitely up there on the list, and I'm sure I'm missing some from other eras that I was not, not present on this earth for, but um, those are definitely some of the best. Okay, so getting into some Browns talk. Obviously, Browns bills didn't go as planned. Um, there was all the drama surrounding the game with the snow in Buffalo, which looked insane. I have, I mean, I've never seen anything quite like that. Um, just an unreal amount of snow. So a lot of drama on where the game was going to be played at ended up being played in Detroit. And uh, they have a dome there, so pretty, pretty easy, all things considered for them. Um, and it was a quick trip for, you know, Clevelanders to get over there. So not a huge deal, not a huge change in my opinion, but, um, we were just hoping that, you know, maybe the circumstances of everything would work in the Browns favor. It did not. The game went as games typically have gone for us, where we get an early lead, doesn't matter. We end up blowing it. And then the game gets completely out of hand and out of control. And that kind of gets into this one mailbag question. I want to talk about what to, the question is what to expect when Deshaun Watson finally plays. And I think with a lot of the games this season, obviously our defense is a huge issue. Like there are many things on the defensive side of the ball that need to be corrected and will be corrected this off season. Um, But I do think when you have a quarterback with the level of talent that Deshaun Watson has, you are going to stay in games more than the current Browns team can stay in games. Like when these games get out of hand for us, Jacoby Brissett is consistent and good as he has been for us. He doesn't have that otherworldly capability of keeping you in games and bringing you back and doing magical things. It's like, it's like when you watch the Chiefs and you just know that Patrick Mahomes can literally do anything. Like, It doesn't matter how much time is left on the clock. You feel like when Patrick Mahomes is on your team, you can come back from any deficit and really truly believe in that. And that's what a good quarterback does for you. And I think that changes the way the defense plays because they feel like they're still in a game, even if, you know, the other team starts to take a two score lead or something. Right now, we feel like we're out of it if the other team has a two score lead. It's just not possible for us to come back from that. When you have an elite, elite, elite quarterback, 
you can come back from those games in like two seconds. Um, so I just think it changes the way the game is played overall. And also, if you're having that kind of success on offense, you can keep the defense off the field a little bit more so they're not, you know, coming back on the field constantly. And you hope that it limits turnovers, which I think has been a big thing for this team and is a frustrating thing for the defense when the offense gets a crucial turnover and you got to go back out there earlier than expected. It's um, it's hard. Uh, and I'm not I'm not trying to just blame the offense and take everything away from the defense because the defense has been horrible and they've been a huge huge part of the issues that we've had but I do think an elite quarterback changes how you play the game in general um so we'll see how that goes um okay next question who is better at their job and why Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry so I'm gonna go with as of this current moment I'm going with Kevin Stefanski I think we underestimate how he is able to elevate quarterbacks. I mean, we saw what he was able to make Baker Mayfield at his best and what Baker Mayfield is now. Like he just got benched for Sam Darnold for benched for a second time this season. And I think that's a huge credit to what Kevin Stefanski was able to get out of him in the offense. And then you see the way Jacoby has been able to look. He has looked the best he's looked in his career. And I think in large part, that's due to the way Kevin's scheme works and helps quarterbacks um, be able to have that level of success. And the way he's able to scheme guys open, I think, has been really beneficial for this team. As much as there's been, of course, some situational play calling that we would like to see differently, I think overall Kevin Stefanski has been a net positive for what this offense can do. And without him, I don't think we would have had the level of success on offense that we've had. Um, I think Barry is, he's close because I think if this offseason he's able to make the adjustments on defense that everyone knows we need to make that's getting some at least decent defensive tackles like decent at minimum um hopefully some some good talent there to really just help out the rest of the defense you can help out the edge players like Miles, like Clowney. You can also help the linebackers out in that way if you elevate the defensive tackle play. So I think that'll make a world of difference. Um, Maybe a couple things on the secondary need to be fixed. Um, We still have some questions on special teams. You know, Jerome Ford has looked good returning, so I think that's something we could keep going with. But obviously we need, you know, some other things to be fixed on special teams, potentially coach-wise, which I'll get into. Um, and then offensive side of the ball, like maybe go get one more wide receiver weapon out there. That's like a big threat. Uh, and I think we're having a different conversation about Andrew Barry than we are right now. Uh, it's, it's such a thin margin. And I think a lot of what he has done with the defense is partly strategic in how he decided not to to upgrade at defensive tackle at all, knowing that this year was probably going to be a wash with Deshaun getting an 11-game suspension. I think he knew that he didn't want to spend that money right now, would rather roll over um, some of that cap space and then be able to use it in the future when he really felt like this team was ready to contend rather than spending it on a season that felt like it was kind of lost. So I think we could be having different conversations about him next year. Okay, so what will it take for Stefanski to part ways with Woods and the special teams coach, who is Mike Prefer? Um, So something I was hearing recently, 
I don't remember. I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere that there were reports that last off season, there were talks about getting rid of Joe Woods, but there were apparently like two people in the organization. I assume of somewhat importance that wanted to stick with Joe Woods. I'm not sure who they are, where the decisions come from, but if it was like Haslam that liked him for some reason, then Kevin didn't really probably have a say at the end of the day in that because Jimmy Haslam would get that kind of final say at the end of the day. I don't know who else would have that kind of power to keep Joe Woods around or if it was Kevin that honestly wanted to keep Joe Woods around this season. Like he could have still been on board for him. I'm not totally sure. Um, But I think we have reached the point where there is no turning back and they, they need to probably go both Joe Woods and Mike Prefer. Uh, I don't think it really makes sense to do anything midseason. It might just make things worse and harder on everyone. So they could make the move just in the offseason. I think if you do it in the offseason, you have more candidates you can interview for rather than just trying to find someone internal quickly to take over at the position. I think it'll just be a cleaner break if they do it then. Uh, But I think the, the decision does need to be made at this point, uh, just in terms of how how bad things have been like they've been pretty brutal and even if it isn't all joe wood's fault and some of it is on the players like i i do think you just have to do it at this point uh okay and then this question is why aren't the browns with all of the talent they have not winning games um there's so many reasons for this i've gotten into some like the run defense has been horrible um we don't have the ability to come back in games like you like teams with elite quarterbacks do but the big one I honestly have to say is the costly turnovers like they are just killing us in the worst moments in the Bills game I was waiting for the moment that we had our really bad turnover when we're close to scoring that turns the entire tides of the game and it was obviously our our center Ethan Postage got hurt we had to put in Froholt which is another story that was tough and the snap got all messed up Jacoby fumbles you know things like that really really turn the momentum of games and it's hard for us to come back from it so I think that has been one of the bigger reasons that we have lost as many games as we have this season okay the last question is a Thanksgiving question so favorite leftover Thanksgiving recipe so shout out to my mom because she makes this turkey soup out of the leftover turkey from like the turkey carcass and it has a bunch of vegetables in it it's so delicious and I eat it for you know the next week or so after Thanksgiving um in the leftover container she gives me it's the best I also love leftover stuffing after Thanksgiving I'm a big stuffing fan for the first like 18 years of my life really didn't eat stuffing at all I thought it looked gross then once I tried it I was like this is amazing and now I am a stuffing girl through and through I love it (laughs) and uh, I will be eating lots of leftover stuffing this year for sure Um, taking as much as I can with me to my apartment (laughs) Um, but on that note I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your families try to enjoy the time, um, just relax, take a step back from work and everything you have going on, all the craziness, and just enjoy that time because I think that's important to do and, and appreciate those moments. And we've got the Buccaneers game coming up. Buccaneers are coming off of a bye um, into our matchup, so they will probably be 
well prepared for this team. We will see what happens. It would be fun to beat Tom Brady, though. Um, And then also we have Ohio State versus that team up north this weekend. Very much looking forward to that game. College football game of the year. Uh, Two of the top teams in the nation right now. I'm very excited for it. Go Bucks! I don't want to lose to them two years in a row. They've already gotten such a big head for winning one game like in 15 years or something like that. So yeah, we just we don't need that again from from that group of people. So uh, hoping that the Buckeyes can get the win this time would be really great. Um, and like I said, enjoy your Thanksgivings. Enjoy your time off. I will be back next week after the weekend of sports to discuss and we will get into it. So share with a friend, like, subscribe, all of that good stuff. I would very much appreciate it. Leave a review, rating, everything. Um, And thank you guys for listening. Happy Thanksgiving.